Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. I want us to, in our Bibles, to go to the book of Job, chapter 3. Job, chapter 3. We started last uh, week uh, talking about understanding fear and its deadly effects in our lives. And this morning, we're going to talk about how fear opens doors. Fear opens doors. And so I want you to find uh, the, the book of Job. You know, it's real, we're, we're in a time that, that uh, like I said, <clears throat> it's a time like, I don't think I've seen anything like this before, you know. Uh, it, it's a crazy world. But thank God we serve a great God. Amen. Amen. And um, I, I just want to talk to you about this morning because we can choose to approach life with fear or we can choose to approach it with faith. Um, we can choose how we're going to approach life. And, and so uh, let's go to Job chapter 3. Now, <laughs> you know, anytime you go to the book of Job, I feel like you need to explain things a little bit. Number one, one thing that everything everybody says about Job uh, isn't true. <laughs> you know, there are people that teach that God was the one that did all these things to Job. When the Bible plainly says Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord and he smote Job. And, um, you know, so there's a lot of things you have to kind of plow through so people understand, you know, Job's problem uh, wasn't from God. Come on. Right. Amen. Right. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us what God did for Job. This, even, even Satan himself told us what God did for Job. He said he put a hedge around him and blessed him. And uh, so that's, that's what God's into, is blessing. But now, in Job 3, 25, Job said, For the thing which I, I greatly feared is come upon me. Now, not, not just a little bit feared, but I greatly feared. And that which I was afraid of uh, is come unto me. Some translators say, that which I dreaded is come unto me. So obviously, uh, Job had some fear in his life. And obviously, he was dreading some things or afraid of some things. Now, I looked this up in some commentaries, you know, this verse, uh, Verse 25, and here, here's what I found out. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> because some of the commentators said uh, fear was not Job's problem. Job had faith in God. And fear, he didn't have, fear wasn't his problem. Well, he said it was. And besides, you can have faith in God, believe in God and love God and still trust God for your salvation. You're going to heaven, but not trust him for things every day in life. See, and so so I thought, well, I don't agree with that. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how much fear was a factor in all this stuff that happened to Job. I'm not saying the whole thing was because of his fear. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying he's the one that said, I feared uh, I greatly feared this would happen in my life. Well, what happened in his life? Well, he lost his children. He lost 
his prosperity. He lost his health. Amen. And hopefully, thankfully, he lost his wife. <laughs> what do you say that for? She's the one who told him to curse God and die. With a wife like that, you don't need the devil. You already got one. And so, <laughs> I say that kind of humorously, I guess, but you know what I'm saying. Um, <clears throat> Job evidently had some fear in his life that all this was going to go away. That somehow he was going to lose all of this. And, uh, and I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not saying, now I'm not saying, now listen, I'm not saying that, that everything that happened to Job Captain, because of this. I'm not saying that. There was some, when you read this, there's, 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 some, there's some other factors involved. There was a devil testing him, trying to get him to curse God and die, you know, try, try to steal his faith from him. But yet at the same time, uh, how many doors get open because we live in fear or people live in fear? Hopefully you don't. Because people live in fear. How, how many doors get open? See, faith opens doors. We know that from, from, from the scriptures that faith opens the door for salvation. Faith opens the door for divine healing. Faith opens the door for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Faith opens the door to please God. Right? And on and on, faith opens doors. So if faith opens doors, then we know from what we taught last week on the origins of fear that fear began in, when Adam sinned and it came in with the, with the kingdom of Satan. It's his force. Amen. It's his force. And so if, if faith opens doors, then the opposite of that is true. Fear opens doors because they are, they're what we call reciprocals. Uh, reciprocal meaning they, they correspond, but they're reversed or they're inverted. In other words, to give you an example, like north and south are directions on your compass, but one's going one way, the other's going the other way. East and west, the same thing. See, they have to do with what direction you're going, but they go in different directions. Faith and fear have to do with what you're going to receive in life, but they're going in different directions. One's taking you the way for everything the devil wants to bring in your life. The other's taking you for everything God wants to bring in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. And you know, we can choose to live life by faith or we can choose to live life by fear. We can choose. See, faith is, we, we all know this scripture, Hebrews 11, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? So what would fear? Fear would be the substance of things you don't hope for, see? So they, 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 all, they have to do with what you're going to receive in life. And I know this, to, to the unrenewed mind, this just sounds like, no, it can't be. But, but it's what the Bible says. It's what the Bible teaches. Um, and so, you know, the Bible says that the, the, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness unto him. I've learned that a long time. I get up preaching. If you've got naturally minded people, they, just, they, they don't think what you're saying has any bearing in their life whatsoever. But it's everything. See, the, the, the spiritual-minded person knows that. It's like if you say, if you tell most people your words have an effect on your life, you know, most people laugh at you. But did you know, you would, we wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for words. God created this whole universe by words. Words mean a lot, see. And we're created in the image of God. 
So I don't understand why it'd be such a stress to think that our words have something to do with our life. Amen. I understand people in the past who carried the principle too far, you know, and, and they've confessed for things that the Bible doesn't promise. You know what I'm saying? Amen. I mean, you, you, you could confess, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to rain all the month of July. But the Bible doesn't promise you it's not going to rain all the month of July. Matter of fact, there may be some other believer confessing it is going to rain during July. You understand? Um, so people get, they get a little bit off with this, but the truth of the matter is our words have something to do with our life. Amen. And so God, in the beginning, He, he made this whole world by words. He said, let there be light. Aren't you glad He didn't look out there and say, man, it's dark out here. If He'd have done that, how do you know it'd still be dark? It's kind of like I've said, and I know maybe you think this is like strange, but really the truth of the matter is if God walked in those doors and he said, hey, good Monday, everybody, there is no need to try to correct him because it just became Monday. Amen. And we say, I, I wish he'd do that like every day. It's Saturday, it's Saturday, it's Saturday, it's Saturday. <laughs> that is, of course, unless you work on Saturday. But you understand, see, so there, 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 this idea that we, you know, we're, we're, we're saying these things and some people that even in the church that really haven't maybe done their homework and looked at these scriptures like they should don't realize that fear is a powerful thing. And they think, you know, it's no big deal. It's, it's just no big deal. You know, it is a big deal. Uh, why does the Bible tell us hundreds of times to fear not, fear not, fear not? Fear not. What did Jesus say to the man that came to him? And he said, my little daughter lies at the home, at home, 12 years old, at the point of death. I pray thee, come lay your hands on her and, 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 and pray for her that she may be healed. Remember that guy? Uh, J. Iris. And then somebody came from his house and said, don't bother the master any longer. Your daughter's dead. You know what? The, Jesus said to him, first thing he said is, fear not. Believe only. And what shall happen? She'll live. She'll be made whole, right? Right? I'm wanting you to say a little louder. That's what I'm wanting. He's like, she'll live. It's like, well, you really made the devil afraid with that bold confession. I'm sure he's trembling in his boots. How many know he said, she'll live? <laughs> well... If fear wasn't a factor, why did Jesus say fear not? Why didn't he just say, I'll just, it's all right, don't worry about it. I know you, we all, we all, we're all afraid sometimes. Remember that time, remember that time, I remember that time that him and his, him and his disciples went skiing. You don't remember that story? When they were out in the boat, remember that? Okay, they weren't skiing, but they were out in the boat, right? How do you know they weren't skiing? Did you, you don't know that, might not have told that part in the Bible. But they're out there on the water, and, the, and Jesus, there's a storm comes up. And Jesus falls asleep, doesn't he? He's asleep. Does that sound like a guy that's afraid? It's like, I love what a friend of mine says, an evangelist friend of mine says. He said, you know, they woke him up said, Master, don't you care that we perish? I like what one of my evangelist friends says. He says, if you have to wake a guy up to ask him if he cares, he probably doesn't care. He's sleeping through your problem. You understand? Jesus is asleep. How I many? He's got the peace of God, doesn't he? Amen. 
So he's asleep, and they wake him up and say, Master, carest thou not? That's the old King James. Don't you care that we're dying? He gets up, rebukes the wind, the waves, the sea. It calms, and then he rebukes them. Why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? Obviously, fear is not a thing that God likes. Obviously. And He obviously doesn't want us in fear. He wants us in faith. We have to fight the fight of faith. You know, right now we're getting all kinds of bad news. It just seems like it just comes in waves. Doesn't it? One thing after another. You get one pandemic where you can finally take your mask off. And then here comes some other stuff. And now they're saying food shortages. And so, how I many know if you don't know God, you get afraid? But see, if you know God, you got a promise. Right. Amen. Amen. The Lord said, don't think about. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. I take care of the birds. I'll take care of you. Amen. Don't worry about it. What's he saying? Don't, don't worry about it. I'll take care of you. I feed the birds. I don't know if you ever noticed, but birds eat all the time, like Pastor Jerry. <laughs> Y'all stop sitting on the front row, brother. You know, they eat all the time. You ever notice that? They're always looking for something to eat, and they're always finding something, too. Amen. Now, so Job said, now listen now, he's the one that said, the thing that I greatly feared. See, not just a little bit of fear. You've got to get that word greatly. i got it circled in my Bible. Greatly feared has come unto me. That which I greatly, he let this get a hold of his life. Amen. And that which I was afraid of or dreaded is, is come unto me. So there was, there was dread in his life. There was, there was like, he, he was dreading like this. Is, he was dreading that he was going to lose everything. Someday he might lose it all. But see, the thing of it is, is in the end, reality, he did lose it all. But because he trusted God, he got it all back plus twice as much. Amen. So no matter what we go through, we're not to fear. Look at, uh, look at Deuteronomy. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 20. Come on, are you get, I'm not going to go long today. I'm gonna, we want to pray for the guys today. Deuteronomy 20. Go there. Deuteronomy 20. I'm just going to read this to you. It, it, you know, God, God spoke to Israel, and, and he, had, he, had, uh, he had instructions for them if you go into battle. And I, I thought these were good. In Deuteronomy 20, look at verse uh, 1. It says, When you go out to battle against your enemies and you see horses and chariots and people more than you, uh, be not afraid of them, for, for the Lord your God is with you, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Well, if God is with us, we don't have to be afraid of anything. Hallelujah. Well, is the Lord with you? Well, then what do you have to be afraid of? Nothing. Zero. He said, and it, and, and it shall be when you're come nigh unto the battle that the priest shall approach and shall speak unto the people and shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, you approach this day on the battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint. Fear not and do not tremble, 
neither be terrified because of them. Why? For the Lord your God, he, is, he it is that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. You think he'd do the same thing today? Did you know all those Old Testament stories the Bible says were written for our, our examples? What were we supposed to learn about Daniel out of Daniel and the lion's den? What we're supposed to learn out of that is if we get in the lion's den, God will deliver us. Right? What, what, are, we supposed to, what are we supposed to learn about the ravens coming and feeding uh, Elijah? That if we're in the will of God, God will provide. Right? I mean, Elijah had to be where the Lord told him to be, right? So he had to be there. You know, this is where you're supposed to be. And so, so, so what, what do we learn? See, what do we learn? You know, and I've thought about this, and I heard someone talking about, I remember who it was now, it might have been last night, uh, talking about, you know, when the brook dried up, he sent him to the widow woman. Remember, he said, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. And I've, I've thought about this over the years. I thought, well, that widow woman, God may have done it, but that widow woman evidently d- did not know it. Because <laughs> when he got there, she said, I don't have anything. Now, no doubt Elijah, no doubt Elijah wasn't expecting what he saw when he got there. There's no doubt. I mean, uh, look, God said, I've commanded a widow woman to sustain you. That should tell you that that would speak to me that the widow woman has more than I have. So God is sending me to this rich widow woman. Wouldn't you think that? He gets there and the widow woman goes, she's out gathering sticks. And she's, and he, you know, he says, hey, make me, make me a cake, you know. And she says, I don't have but just a handful of meal, a little cruising oil. I'm going to make one cake, two cakes for me and my son. We're going to eat we're going to die. Does that sound like a woman that's heard from God? She didn't say, hey, I'm glad you showed up. Hey, I'm here to sustain you. I got two biscuits. She, she, that proves God can talk to you and you, you don't hear it. <laughs> right? And so anyway, what are we supposed to learn from that story? We're supposed to learn that God will provide. He's got provision for us. Amen. Well, all these Old Testament stories were written for our learning that we might read those and say, hey, if God did that for them, he'll do it for us. He's the same God. And God said, the Lord your God will be with you. Verse, verse, uh, whatever it is, verse 4. And he will fight for you against your enemies to save you. Well, will he still do the same thing today? Verse 8, notice what it said. And the officers shall speak further unto the people, and they shall say, What man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return to his house, lest his brethren's hearts faint as well as his heart. Well, listen, isn't that something? The Lord said, we're going out. This is, this, is, this is what I call the law of battle. God said, you're going out to battle against your enemies, but if you're afraid, go home. Because that will open the door for the enemy. We don't want you here. We love you, brother. Go home. Amen. Amen. Now, all right, let's go in our Bibles to Acts 16. Come on, are you getting anything today? I'm not going to go long today, but and I'm just kind of exhorting a little more than just preaching this morning or teaching. But go to Acts 16 because we need to know fear opens doors. So we need to live our lives expecting God to move in our lives for God to, to bring deliverance to us. Amen. 
Well, I'm just not worthy for God to bring anything to me. Well, I know you aren't, you ugly thing. <laughs> Pardon me. But none of us are. It's the blood of Jesus that made us worthy. Yes. Remember that? Remember Jesus went to that Pharisee's house, uh, Simon? Uh, well, I'll tell you the story because you probably you might not remember it. But, but Jesus went to this Pharisee's house for dinner. And he's at this Pharisee's house. His name's Simon. And a, a, a woman of ill repute comes in. I'm just telling you, this woman was a prostitute. That's what she was. See, and she comes in the house and she begins to uh, wipe the Lord's feet with her tears and her hair. And the Pharisee says, if he knew what manner of woman this was, for she's a sinner. You have to do some study on that word. He meant, it, it, it meant she's a prostitute. He wouldn't allow her to touch him. That's such, so religious, isn't it? I mean, that's what, and, and Jesus, Jesus uh, uh, he, he said, he knew what he thought. And he said, Simon, he said to him, he said, I came to your house. You didn't offer me, you didn't wash my feet. You didn't anoint my head with oil. This woman has done, she's washed my feet with her tears. He said, her sins, listen to this, which are many, they're forgiven her. Amen. Now, I'm adding this in, but I think it fits. Well, you're stuck with yours, buddy, you religious. <laughs> I won't say the rest of that. You understand, see, see well, praise God. Find Acts, we'll move on. Before we get into another sermon here. I know it's a little different today, but how many of you are getting something out of this? All right, see, we're just talking about, see, see God, God, God he, none, of us, none of us are worthy for the blessings of the Lord. But, he, but, his, but it's His blood that makes us worthy. Amen. And, and I like what Jesus said to Simon. He said, he said, whoever's forgiven much loves much. I mean, a lot of us, we know where we were at and where we were headed. I know how messed up my life was with drugs. I know how, where I was headed and how messed up I was. Every kind of drug you can imagine. And Jesus came along and in one night delivered me. Amen. Amen. I, remember the, I, I remember on Friday night I had to crawl up the steps to get into the house. I couldn't even walk. I crawled up them. I'll never forget. Uh, you, see, when God does things for this, you just never forget how good He's been to you. That was on Friday night. One of my friends said, I'm going to help you get in. I said, no, you're not. I'm accepting help. Like my wife said, I was a little smart sometimes. <laughs> and so, no, you're not helping me do anything. But I crawled up. But you know what? On Sunday night, I went to church with Mom I went to a Pentecostal church, amen, that believed in the power of God. They gave an altar call. I went to the altar and gave my life to Jesus Christ. And I walked up those steps on Sunday night, a new creature in Christ Jesus, free from drugs and all that broken off of me. Hallelujah. God is good. Hallelujah. Amen. 
You know, I remember crying at that altar. You don't have to cry to get saved. I've seen people get saved, didn't shed a tear. I thought they should get down and pray a little bit more, but that was 30-some years ago, and they're still serving God. <laughs> but, I, you know, and I remember somebody said, what's, what's wrong? Because I just kept crying. What's wrong? They, it wasn't because I, you know, I, I didn't think God was forgiven. It's because I knew I was forgiven much. Yeah. Thank God. The weight rode off. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, Acts chapter 16, you there? Verse 23, the Bible says, and when they had, this is Paul and Silas, they've preached the gospel. Uh, they've cast a demon out of a little, widow, a little woman. And now they're in trouble with the laws, with the authorities. And, uh, and it says, when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. In other words, these guys were put in the high security part, the worst part of the prison, and then not only were they in prison, they put wooden stocks on their feet. So they're treating these guys like dangerous criminals. You understand? They're going by the weight room. They're going by the cable TV. They're going in the dungeon. That's how ticked off they are at these guys. So, and how many know, now listen now, you need to understand this. You need to know that what's coming for these guys in the natural is death. They're just locked up on temporary hold. They'll kill, their plans are to take their life, to execute these guys. But I want you to notice, <clears throat> at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. So evidently, evidently, they weren't in fear. Evidently, they were in faith. Oh, I know somebody that had to believe that faith stuff and they died. That's a good way to go. I'd rather die in, I'd rather die in faith than unbelief. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, now notice this. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. There was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened. Faith opens. What? And everyone's bands were loosed. I have circled in my, back, my Bible, foundations shaken, doors open, and bands loosed. Anybody need some foundations shaken? Amen. Some doors opened and some bands loosed. Well, these guys praised God because they weren't, in, they weren't walking in fear. They weren't living in fear. They were living in faith that God's going to work this out for us. Amen. I think about Peter when he was arrested by Herod. Herod had arrested James and had taken his head off and killed him. And Peter's next. And Peter is laying there in prison. And the next day he's going to be executed. And he's laying in prison. And the angel of the Lord comes in to get him out. And he has to kick him in the side, hit him in the side to wake him up. The guy is sleeping sound. He's, he might be snoring. There's nothing unscriptural about snoring. So he may be snoring. I don't know, but he's sound asleep. How many know if you knew your head was coming off tomorrow, would it maybe mess with your sleep a little bit? So how is Peter so sound? How? Because he already knew he wasn't going to die because Jesus said, when you are old, someone will take you and carry you 
and take you to a place you don't want to go, signifying what death that he would die, that he would die crucified like the Lord, signifying to him. And Peter thought, I ain't old yet. Well, it ain't happening tomorrow, so I'm going to sleep. That's called walking by faith. Well, if God told me something like that, Pastor, I'd be in faith too. He's told us all kinds of things in his book. He said, I'll meet your needs. He said, I'll heal you. Right? He said all kinds of things in this book, all kinds of promises. Amen. Well, yeah, but you can't trust that. Well, <laughs> if you don't, what are you going to trust? Amen. You know, and I've told you many times about the guy I preached with years ago at a camp at a what was it, a camp meeting type meeting. He was one of the speakers, and he was in his seventies at the time, and so he uh, he got a diagnosis with of cancer, deadly cancer. Told him he was going had six months to live. They said, "There's nothing we can do for you, okay? Nothing we can do for you." And so, listen, he went outside. Uh, now this is, now he he had faith. He wasn't just doing this out of himself. He he had faith. He had faith in God's healing power. And he went outside. The, and he said, "I went inside the doctor's office." And he said, "I said to God, I can't die. I'm not done. You call me to this city." As a pastor, I haven't completed my mission. I can't die. And, th- and this, was, this was 10 years later. He's still going. Cancer-free. Now why? Now why is that? I'll tell you why that is. I'll tell you why that is. Because he chose to live by faith and not by fear. Amen. God is good. I said 10 years later, he's still alive. Come on. Praise God. Amen. Come on. 10 years. And I told Phyllis, I said, man, he's got more. I was 40 some years old at the time when I was preaching with him. You know, and I said, he's got more life than I do. Man, he's jumping up and shouting and going all over the place. Like it wore me out. Well, what happened there? Well, see, it wasn't that he denied I had a problem. He did go to the doctor. He did go for their help. They said, we can't help you. Well, there is one that can help you. Right? There is one that can help you. His, it, 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 God Almighty can help you. Amen. And, and, and the reason he was in faith about it, because God, he had gotten kicked out. The previous church he pastored, he got kicked out of. Got the, like Brother Hagin said, the left foot of fellowship. Anybody know what the left foot of fellowship is? That's boom, out the door. You know, Bob talks about the right hand of fellowship. Some people give you the left foot of fellowship. And they'd give him left foot of fellowship. And, and he said, well, God, what do I do now? He said, you know, he said, uh, and the Lord said, I called you this city. You're not done. So he went and started a church. And he hadn't completed the mission yet. And he said, I can't go. I'm not done yet. But see, the devil will tell you that report that the doctor just gave you, which is not a false report. It's a, it's, it's, it, it is a reality. That's what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So you don't act like that's not true. It, it, it's what they found out, all right? So that's, that's the report. But he chose to believe that there was a great report, like Isaiah said, whose report will you believe? The Lord showed me this one time. He said, you know, where David said, the Lord is um, my shepherd, you know, and so forth. He, and he went on to say, I, I will fear no evil. Remember that, Psalm 23, uh, where he said that? 
you know, the Lord showed this to me in this way one time. I, I really like this twist on this. In Psalm 20, 23, you don't have to go there because we're, where are we at? We're Acts 16. Uh, but he said, uh, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Didn't the God say, You face your enemies, I will be Thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they come from me. The Lord showed me, he said, I, David said, I will fear no evil. He said, now, he said, what is it? Listen, this is what the Lord taught me one time. He said, what is it to fear the Lord? The Bible says the fear of the Lord is clean. What is it to fear the Lord? I said, well, it's to respect, it's to reverence. It's to reverence you, Lord. He said, all fear is, is reverencing something. I hadn't thought of it that way. What did he mean by that? Well, you'll either re reverence the negative report or you'll reverence God's report. But which one are you going to fear? I'm going to fear God. Are you following the way I'm saying this? See, you know, you get a bad report. Well, it may be true. We're not denying that. But if God has said something else... It's like one minister said one time, he said, I had a guy working for me as my CEO. And he said, he came to me and he came to me and he said, and this guy had been a CEO and a financial guy in corporate America. So he knew about it, you understand? But he knows about it the world's way. God's got a different way. And he comes to me, he said, he come to me and he said, I got to tell you, we've only got 12 hours worth of capital left in the ministry. In other words, we can stay open for 12 hours. <laughs> That's not long. He said, I said to him, thank God we got 12 hours. <laughs> he, said, it, he said, it took him a while to figure that out. See, what, what, see, he's reverencing that report. He's reverencing God's report. We still got 12 hours. I don't think 12 hours. I don't think 12. I think God can get a lot done in 12 hours. Don't you? But it's a matter of which report you decide to reverence. This guy was thinking the world's way. Like, oh my gosh, we only got 12 hours, you know. And this guy, the minister was like, thank God, we got 12 hours. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's great, man. We got 12 hours and we got God working on it. Hallelujah. Go to Ephesians. You get something today? I know, we're looking at some scripture today. Ephesians chapter 6, go there. So we have to learn. You know, fear opens doors. We don't want doors open that, that, that fear will open. We don't want those type of doors open. I think it was Pastor Stormont one time who worked with Wigglesworth the last seven years of his life. He said that, that this, Wigglesworth had had a meeting in this hotel and, you know, there's expenses go with it, you know. And he said they came to him with the bill when the meeting was over, and he didn't have the, he didn't have the money. And they gave it to Wigglesworth. What are you going to do about this? They handed the bill to him. He took it, looked at it, threw it in the floor, said, not a thing. <laughs> but he didn't mean, I'm not going to pay it. He just meant, I'm not going to carry the care of it. I'm going to cast it over on God. And it got paid. Well, see, God will try to, the devil will try to get you to take that 
the responsibility yourself, we need to let her turn it over to God. Doesn't mean we're not responsible. It just means we, we trust God as our source. Hallelujah. And he has, you know, he, somebody said this. He hadn't, he hadn't lost the recipe for manna. <laughs> he still, man. Amen. Do you find Ephesians 16? Go there. I want to read one verse. Uh, uh, yeah. If you found Ephesians 16, come up here. Let me rip some chapters out of your Bible. You got that new expanded version. Ephesians chapter 6. Go there. Look at verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith we shall be able to quench how many? All the fiery darts of the wicked one. So, so faith quenches all his fiery darts. That must mean the opposite, fear, lets them all in. See, they're opposites. Fear is, what you, fear is believing in what you don't want, what you don't hope for. It's the substance to it. Faith is the substance of things you, you hope for, you want. Fear is the substance of things you don't want, you don't hope for. But they both will work power. Now, one last scripture. Go to Revelations 1, and we are done. Revelation 1. Jesus said something here that's really, really powerful. <clears throat> you know, I think sometimes we strain at faith. Oh, I'm trying to believe you. I'm confessing. I'm trying, God. Oh, I, I'm just trying. Why don't you just relax and trust God's going to work it all out? He's going to fix it. He's going to work it out. Amen. So sometimes, and the confession's good. We ought to confess, but we should be confessing before we're in trouble. Right. I think that's the problem. Some people wait till they get in trouble, and I'm turn, they turn into a motor mouth. Did you notice, remember when Jesus cursed a fig tree? Did you notice all the next day, all that night, he wasn't going, I, I confess that tree's dead. 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 He just believed it was going to be dead. Yeah. Right? But see, long before he confessed the fig tree, he's already confessing the Father's power. This is where faith gets a black eye. People want to build their house at the last minute during the storm and think, well, it didn't work. Well, you should have been doing it all along. Yeah. Right? Well, wait till they get in trouble. And, that, and thank God for God's mercy. He bails us all out. Amen. Thank God, you know. But that's not a good way to live. Amen. <clears throat> now, in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 17, this is our final pas passage of scriptures here. In Revelation 1 uh, 11, or 17, John says, talking about Jesus, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not. Must be important, isn't it? Listen to what he said. I am the first and the last. I am he that lives and was dead, but behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. That's what Jesus said. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Now, what he told John was this. Fear not, I'm in charge. I'm in charge. No need to be afraid, I'm in charge. Now, how me know, the fear not become, comes before I'm in charge. 
What does that mean? If you're going to be in fear, you're not going to be in operating in his kingdom. You're going to be operating in the devil's kingdom. But if you're in faith, you're operating in his kingdom. He said, I'm in charge. You understand that? See, this isn't automatic like he's going to take over my life. You have to have faith. Faith opens the door for that. What did he tell the woman with the issue of blood? Your faith has made you whole. She'd had that thing for 12 years and hadn't gotten any better. But when she exercised some faith, it opened the door and she got something. I said, she got something. Hallelujah. Amen. Faith opens doors. So does fear. We need to know that. Where we live our lives, I'm not, I'm not afraid what's going to happen. I, I'm in faith about what's going to happen. It's going to work out. It's going to work out. It's going to work out. Everything going to work out. Well, we should get to working out, Pastor. Can you tell me when it's going to work out? Well, you just stay in faith. Amen. You, let, you, let, you, leave, the, you leave the, remember that story, the manifestation, the kid about the manifestation? Yeah. Just leave the manifestation to God. Amen. You just trust it's going to work out. Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Going to work out. Yes. Everybody say it's going to work out. I don't know how it's going to work out. That ain't your part. Your part's just to know it's going to work out. That's all God asks of us. Hallelujah. So don't open doors by fear. Let faith open the doors for you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, faith unlocks the door. Faith opens the doors. Hallelujah. Did you ever had anybody get a door for you? Ladies, you ever have anybody get a door for you? Yeah, my husband did 25 years ago. But <laughs> Guy was showing me his church one time. <laughs> yeah. He's, he said, you want to go by and see my church? Yeah, okay. So, you know, he goes, we go to the door, you know, he opens the door for me. He goes, age before beauty. You think I let that rest? Anybody know what my last name is? What's my last name? I said Pearl before swine. <laughs> I got him. He didn't have a comeback on that one. <laughs> have me know we have, we have the choice. It's our choice. We can either choose to live by faith or live by fear. If you just pay attention to what the world's saying, you're going to be in fear right now. But if you pay attention to God's book more than you pay attention to, to what they say, right? You're going to be in faith and not fear. Because God, God never promised to keep us until the last days and it got real tough. And it's like, well, I can't help you when inflation's bad. I mean, he promised all the way. Amen. Praise God for his word. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.